0: Everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Roundtable Podcast, a podcast, a simply discussion between a couple of local church leaders. Today, we're getting back into the 1689, Chapter 1, Paragraph 6. Give us a couple minutes and we'll get to that. In the meantime, sup, I'm the A-Game, Adam Bailey, an elder of Grassroots Church in the Greenbrier Valley of West Virginia, joined again, again, by the main man himself, the lead elder of Grassroots Church, Darren Cherry. The you, st- you stuck with me. The Darren Cherry. It's funny. You were walking towards this table from the. Uh, you were walking towards the table from the computer that we used to record making. So I told that story about Jesse randomly whipping out an air guitar on a walk. Yeah. People have a hard time believing that, but I think people do that more often than what they think. You you didn't do an air guitar, but you're. Dude, I love our I love our theme music. Like Nick made that for us. So can we remix it with our vocals? Like if I start if I start doing the melody, can you add to it? let's try let's see what happens oh gosh I don't are we you you hum it you you go first are we doing that Yeah. yeah, do, yeah. It. Do, it. do it go for it, it. we're gonna give intro yeah. number two but acapella go uh, you want me to do what I was just yep. doing do what okay, you were just you're ready?
1: Doing. Right. you ready already was good welcome everyone to another episode of the grassroots roundtable podcast where adam and i
0: beatbox and freestyle you also threw me off there with your countdown the way you do you remember that episode of tom and jerry whenever uh there was a mouse that came in an older mouse that had a guitar he's like a western mouse and he kept playing his guitar but the strings kept breaking and eventually tom gets all freaked out and afraid of him because he's picking his whiskers (laughs) and using it as a guitar string so
1: people don't know you you're always at the mic. I go to the computer, get it ready, and then make sure everything the mics are on, they're hot and everything, and then I go, all right, and you start your forty-five minute timer, and then I go, all right. Yeah, we actually three, do have a timer, friends. Yeah. We actually do. We just don't stick to it. Um, but uh, we go, I go three, two, and then I get quiet. I hit record, and then you start. I come over to the mic. This time I went, what I on the three, on the
0: two. And then I got quiet. So, yeah, I threw a curveball at you. Rambo. bring I also feel like there was another cartoon. I was like, and a one, and a two, and a three, and a four. Remember oh, that? Gosh. Oh, wait. No. That was another cartoon. That was an owl. Remember? Wait, was it? It was like a mouse or something? I want to sing about the stars and the sun and the junior. I want to sing about a tooth or two or a sky so blue. I want to Have you been watching something with Rowan that we don't know about? or? No, man. This is like Saturday morning Looney Tunes growing up. I watched a lot of TV. Are you kid. sure you didn't learn that in Sunday school? I don't know. Like, maybe, know. maybe It was a dream. <laughs> maybe it was a I had five cups of coffee yesterday fever dream. Fever day dream. And dude, you've it. had four cups today, and so you're just. <laughs> yeah, I did. That's like I was like, oh, I was taking an Americano at the Wild Bean. You're like, whoa. I'm like, no, that's me slowing down. I got a problem. I'll I be gotta, honest. I've really had four cups stop. of coffee, and now I'm drinking a can of Mountain uh, Dew. So... I'm right there. I, I'm drinking too much Diet Coke. It's got me concerned. I said, addiction of any sort is just not justifiable. Habits are one thing. Preferences are another. But addictions, even if it is caffeine, there will be a study come out. Like, caffeine is going to be what cigarettes used to be. Everybody drinks coffee, but the study is going to come out. It's like, oh, it turns out it kills you. Coffee, caffeine kills you. I've already seen over the years,
1: and I'm talking like over the decades, uh, too much coffee can cause cancer. Um, Too much coffee can increase your chance for, like, Tourette's or something. I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. Everything causes cancer.
0: Cancer actually increases your chance for having another type of cancer in your life. I found that out. (laughs) The oopsie-doopsie way. You did. But to God's glory, you found out. Yeah, yeah. Stumbled upon that one. Hey, friends, welcome. I uh, hope you're having a good spooky season. Darren, how's your spooky season going?
1: Ours is going pretty well. I'll be honest. October flew by just because of... Uh, dude, let's just... How good has it been around here lately? And I'm not talking like the preaching's been magnificent. This, it's not. I'm just saying, like, we've had so many new families coming through. We just welcomed in six new people. We have a seventh that's coming into Covenant Community. And we just had 11 go through engrafted. Like, it's been crazy, but but October's flown by because of engrafted. Family get-together and meal Sunday was the best one we've ever had. Like, just getting together, being together, just enjoyed it. But October has flown by, so these last few days... Leading up to scatter to serve. I don't preach Sunday. You don't preach Sunday. You got a devotion to do. I'm working on it. Yeah, you got I just got have that. so
0: many ideas. I just got to pick one.
1: But I I don't have anything to do except show up and, and like serve. ideas. And then Monday is Halloween. I'm just enjoying these last few days. I'm enjoying it. Oh, I'm good. Lincoln and good I went on an extra you. long walk yesterday through our neighborhood looking at Halloween decorations. It was fun. It's good.
0: I wasn't supposed to work today, and then I was supposed to work this afternoon. And then we were having coffee and breakfast at the being, Then I found out I'm not working today. It's just been an emotional roller coaster, Darren. But I'm happy. I'm going to go home, patch a tire, pick up leaves, cut the grass, and I'm yeah. Do you know
1: it's you know it's sad. It's like we're we're toward the end of October. We had a couple of cold days and nights, but by and large, I mean it's been nice. Like, I've enjoyed it. You, you walk outside, it's not cold. You can still wear flip-flops, shorts, T-shirts. It's been good for me. Bare feet. Yeah, like still enjoying it. This week, no exception, a little bit of rain overnight this morning, but this week's supposed to be nice. Monday, Halloween, kids everywhere, parents walking, trick-or-treating, outside,
0: 80% chance of rain. I feel like it was like that last year. I feel like it's that way every year. It's an evil holiday. Let's look it up. Hallow's Eve. It is an evil As of right
1: now, as soon as my phone stops flipping out. Well, it is down to 69% chance. Wow,
0: it's so precise. I don't
1: believe anything. But it's like rain Sunday evening,
0: all day Monday, and Tuesday morning. Well, you have to do a couple things. You need to look at the hour-by-hour breakdown because it could be 69% in the morning and nothing in the afternoon. But they'll just apply the highest percentage at whatever point in the day to the entire day, I found out. Can I test some knowledge? Of and this course. is worse. Like, like I don't know the answer to this. I love proving how little I
1: actually know. Okay, perfect. Because be I'm nice. I'm already saying I don't know ahead of time. But when it says there's a sixty nine or a seventy or an eighty five or a twenty-three, whatever
0: percent chance of rain. Ninety. What does that mean? It means that they are ninety percent confident that you will receive rain within that hour.
1: Okay. If you're going hour somebody by hour. Tried to pose it as sixty-nine
0: percent of your area is a hundred percent getting rain. I've heard that where it's like twenty percent of your viewing area will receive rain. So that doesn't make any sense because then you're saying we assume that twenty percent chance. There's a twenty percent chance that our viewing area will one hundred percent chance receive rain. That doesn't make any sense. Like I, and I'm no probability. I have expert. no idea. If that's the way it is, they should not do that. We need a friend who who is a a
1: weather person on the news.
0: I, let's see. I've I never do met know, a meteorologist. My, I do know My boy one. Bradley at 59 News. Uh,
1: our old neighbor at our old house, their son married one of the weather, it's a weather lady, weather person for,
0: she was at Beckley News, but they moved to North Carolina. She, like. Moved up the food chain. I'm sure there are several friends listening who know the answer to this. Let us know. GrassrootsWV.com, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Don't wait. Text us right now. Like, you're listening to this? Text us. If you're driving, take those hands off the wheel. Let Jesus take the wheel, and you send that text. This is important. We need to know. You know what I think is dumb? A 50% chance of rain. You either might, You it, might not. It, it might rain, or might not. It's like, no, duh. You cannot give me a single situation where we don't have a 50% chance of rain. It either will rain or it either will not rain. That's why statistics are weird. I I'd never, yeah, I did take a problem stats class. I hated it. I took a social statistics class. I hated it even more. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> hey, uh, last <laughs> week I beat up on Libertarians, and I want to apologize. Why? I said a few things. Did somebody get on to you? Uh, No, I got onto myself. I was thinking about it because I did mention, I do think that the philosophy, the political philosophy is somewhat contradicting. But I also added that I have several times voted third party. I have no problem doing that at all. Do you Uh, know the funniest libertarian story I have?
1: Me backtracking on it's actually not terrible. I was talking with a libertarian friend. I'm going to make a really long conversation, very short, but it was funny. They said that the government should get zero of our money. That's libertarian, like hyper libertarian, zero. They choose hundred percent where their money goes. And I said, well, what about you know taking care of roads, you know schools, things like that? He said, I will choose to put my money there. I said, but what if, what if you're choosing to put your money in roads and nobody else does? He goes, well, then we all drive on like crappy roads. I was like,
0: okay, man, you lost your money.
1: Yeah, and then I said, well, what about foreign defense? He goes, I choose to put my money towards defense. I'm making that choice. I I said, okay, what if you've been supporting military for 10 years, and then they decide to invade Mexico? He goes, well, then I pull my money. I was like, too late. You've been supporting it for 10 years. And then this is what he said. He said, well, there needs to be people in place that oversee that the money is going where it should and things should you know be spent the way they should and i said i don't know like like elected officials or something he goes yeah and i said that's the government <laughs> <sighs>
0: So you know what I mean. Even he likes uh, Even he I laughed. still don't understand the idea. It's like you know, the best type of cake, no cake. It's like then why are we talking about cake? The best type of political system is no political system. It's like, but that I don't. But hey, y'all, a uh, little, little harsh. I just wanted to apologize. I don't want to, because I don't want to be. I'm very independent, very moderate, very uh, unaffiliated, and I do want to be fair to all the different. <laughs> I don't want to pick on anybody in particular. I want to be equal opportunity i hate we everybody just pick on everybody <laughs> i want to be equal opportunity i'm not a big fan of any of these parties
1: well we're not going to pick on anyone in particular we're going to pick on everybody yeah y'all i think it's the biggest thing in understanding others is when you can even see the flaws in your own systems um obviously within like scripture no flaws within salvation no flaws but even like i know grassroots has um weak spots as a church like because it's full of weak people and and broken people, and the leaders aren't perfect, and so we're going to have like weak spots. But be free those, to visit, listeners. Being being afraid of those are, you know, it's like I think I think understanding others is like knowing, yeah, they've got some flaws in their thinking and their philosophies. yeah there are
0: some uh political groups that are way too wishful thinking and not a part of reality there are some political groups that are not nice to people that are not similar to them and there are groups that make no sense in their overall political philosophies who am i to judge i just just, that's that's the spookiest thing about this spooky season all the politics oh but we're a couple weeks away i i'm
1: i'm i like i like Election day. I don't like election season. I get tired of the signs. I get tired of all that stuff. But I like election day um, because it is like exciting to see what's going to happen,
0: um, or terrifying.
1: Well, it's not terrifying. Every to me.
0: election, it's like the world's going to end. It's always the most important election. I'm but just, that's why I say it's not terrifying to me because
1: I I know who's in charge, and and Scripture says there's no authority that's ever been given that wasn't placed there by God, and so. That's why it's exciting to me—is just to see, just to see what happens. Uh, I'm always going to be a part of the system. I'm always going to go vote. Okay, I'm always going to be active in that. Uh, but election day is always fun. Now, the weeks afterwards are are rather interesting to see which side of the aisle did better than the other, and how the other one reacts. To me, that's it. Just doesn't affect me. It's funny to me.
0: So I have no dog. We make and fun of it. I care. I have a genuine interest, and I have uh, an idea of how I want the outcome to be. But if it does not come to fruition, yeah. See, you have you actually eh. have more of an interest than I do. You're
1: you're better at understanding like the political systems and all that than I am. Like you're much more studied. I have a at degree
0: it. in it. I just don't like politics. It's funny. I like studying. I I really like political theory and compared to politics. But whatever nonsense we are fed on mainstream media and social media is just rubbish. Like, it doesn't even... And here's one... Sorry, I know we're getting to our topic here in a second. This is what... Politics and business are so similar in this way, where it's like, do whatever you have to do. The end will justify the means. It's like this power play to where I just don't... That's the way politics works. That's what... That's actually what politics means. It is the acquisition and maintaining of power... So if you, Darren, believe that you're, and you're convinced, you're 100% convinced that your political philosophy is right and that whatever region, state, or country that you represent, for you, what you, what you think is like, I got to get to the top of this ladder. I got to climb rungs. And the end, Just if you have to sling mud, slander somebody, call them names, cheat, steal, go behind the back, manipulate, you have to because in the end, once I get to the top, I can make changes so that doesn't happen again. So basically, it's how to acquire power and how to keep the power. But now it's just it's veered off into this emotionalist. like everyone is caricaturized, and I don't believe it's true.
1: Well, we've talked about it that I think a lot of that comes from the echo chamber. Um, There's an understanding in algorithms that if I have an interest, you know, if I go through Facebook, I'm going to get posts from things dealing with Cleveland because I'm a Cleveland sports guy. You know, yeah, he's a and, Cleveland guy. Yeah, I'm interested in things, so so new things come to my attention from things because of the algorithm. It sees things you're interested, uh, basketball, sports, um, even theology. You know, I get I get things that come across, but but that also creates an echo chamber politically because if I watch mainly videos from a particular type of uh, line of thinking, they're going to keep feeding me those videos. And one's connected to it, and so you end up in a in a chamber where all you end up doing is characterizing, uh, or caricaturizing. Yeah, is that the right word? Caricaturizing the other, and so it it, I understand where social media um, has has made it tougher. They have made it tougher. Well, they've made it easier to to feel superior, Uh, but it's made it tougher to understand anybody
0: else. And it's sad though for folks that spend so much time on social media. From that perspective you're bringing up about the echo chamber they are living they're living in such different realities like it's almost like we are in the metaverse almost like we're not connected online but it is so and someone even mentioned it uh during our small group it's incredible how christians can hold to the same scripture the same passage and come up with such different ideas it's like okay somebody is very wrong here but to look at reality through the lens the social media is providing. Of course, they're going to be split and divided, and we're going to think we're in the majority and all that, but it is so much more freeing, more joyful. Instead of looking at it from an American contemporary political or social lens, to pick up scripture and look at the world through that lens. It's better. Same world, different lens. I choose scripture, which is what we're talking about oh, today. Oh, segue. Chapter 1, verse 6 of the 1689. Darren, would you be so kind as to read to us our passage today? Nope. Oh, okay. I'm just kidding. All right. Uh,
1: paragraph 6. Um, the whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life, is either expressly set down or necessarily contained in the Holy Scriptures unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelation of the Spirit or traditions of men. Nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the Word, and that there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and government of the church, common to human actions in societies, which are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian prudence, according to the general rules of the Word, which are always to be observed. Now, that's a big paragraph, and probably whoever just listened to me read that zoned out in there somewhere. I did a little. So it's a smidge. That's easy to do, and people might hear that and go, man, what is that even? If you break it down, like,
0: line by line,
1: that actually isn't too tough. That's actually
0: really good. Well, let's do that here in a second, just to give a little bit of background. Uh, Chapter 1 of the 1689, the second... London Baptist Confession in 1689, this uh, confession, profession of faith made by the Reformers at the time, Baptists, uh, which we've been talking about for the past few weeks. It is important for us to be sound doctrinally, and it's important for us to also have the historical context of why we believe what we believe. you got to be able to trace it back to original sources we call orthodoxy. So whenever the Reformation happened, uh, a lot of different groups kind of spread from Uh, the Catholic Church. And because of that, you have these different groups, these different denominations, putting forth what they believe, what distinguishes their faith from the faith of others. And this is not an attack on any particular group, but the whole point of this chapter one on Scripture is how we have to start everything with Scripture, the supremacy, sufficiency, authority, and perfection of Scripture, that it is according to salvation, and faith. It is, and it says that in the first line, and I told you this morning, like, it blows, It's I love how it's worded when it's like, according to Scripture, it shows what is necessary for what is it? I think it says faith and life.
1: Yes, uh, God's glory, man's
0: salvation, faith and life. So this episode will be similar to the previous episodes, but it's going to be more detailed and a little bit more fleshed out. So, Darren, you want to add to that, or do you want to jump into that first section? Um yeah
1: I, I I like that you said that we're not trying to attack any group. I'll be honest. like these right here, um, probably in the past there has been a, a lot more divisiveness. Uh, Divisity. Do you want to come up with a word for division? Divisionationist?
0: Divisionist, <laughs> a dissenter. So dissenter. Well, what did we say Sunday? Actually, dissidents. How about that
1: word? No, what did we say Sunday? Oh that gosh. driving Kelly, everything,
0: nuts? and I accidentally messed up making fun of you, and I was like, "Dang, it happened." Planer? <laughs> planer. Well, more, 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 more plainest, more
1: planer, most
0: plainists. more plainest. Oh think, is gosh, because I, think... I was trying to make fun of you, and I went one step backwards. I don't think Kelly's I actually ever thought gonna... you were throwing me off the stage for a second. I was like, "Sorry, Dad."
1: Oh, when I was staying on the side? Well, I'll be honest. When I stood there, I forgot that you had to announce first Tuesday. I thought you were on the last announcement, so I was coming up to uh-huh. give instructions. And I was like, you are like, I've got one more announcement. I was like, what is it? You're like, first Tuesday. I was like, oh, that's right. My bad.
0: And then I announced it, and all was well. Yep. And, and I just... got applauded by walking home.
1: Well, do you realize you got applauded twice Sunday?
0: I know, I know. You bring chicken to them Baptists. I tell you, man. Everybody raucous was cheer, Ruckus excitement.
1: Although I did, I did figure out two things. One. Um, the meal was a, a big hit. Everybody enjoyed it too. You can get through a business meeting really quick if food comes after the meeting. Well, yeah, because <laughs> everybody's like, "Any questions? Nope, let's eat." But um, yeah, there's there's been a lot more division uh, in the past over certain things. Like we've got Presbyterian friends. Um, we've got independent Baptist friends. Yeah, you
0: were talking about Anglicans the other day, I believe, about Anglican theologians.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I realize there's a lot of Anglican theologians that I quote um, and go to for study uh, and really enjoy. Um, but, but this is this probably would have been taken as an attack on the Catholic Church, um, because as Protestants, it was the those that were protesting the Catholic church. They were pulling away. So it's like basically going, Hey, Catholic church, here's where you're wrong. Here's, here's where, what we believe. Um, but I think today, you know, if we went to some of our, uh, Lutheran, you know, and we'll have to say conservative Lutheran, uh, Anglican Methodist Orthodox. Yeah. Like if we went to them with this, they'd be like, yeah, there's going to be some things in there. We separate on, but no, no breaking of fellowship over in the past if you were a presbyterian and
0: converted to baptist that was that split families like it was a big yeah, deal yeah you get kicked out of your country like they'll tolerate you but you can't vote you can't engage in civil civic civil politics you can't do anything because the state and the church were one entity and that's what i love about the 1689 because it's close enough to the reformation like it's one of the first confessions of faith but it's also a readaptation of what was already existing Would you mind reading for us the first segment of uh, paragraph six one more time? The whole counsel of
1: God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life is either expressly set down or necessarily contained in the Holy Scriptures. So let me ask you a quick question. I'm ready. Expressly set down or necessarily
0: contained? I, I go back to the Ten Commandments. So Jesus says, don't murder, don't lie, don't commit adultery. Or not Jesus says, but you know, the law pretty, of Moses. pretty expressly. That's yeah, very express. They don't yeah. tell lies. Necessarily contained. What is If you go back to Jesus being challenged by the religious leaders of the days, the Sadducees, who were asking him what's the greatest commandment, he said, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and do unto others as you'd have them to do unto you. Outside of which, there is no law. There is no rule. So one is direct... Uh, we cannot do these things, and we need to do these things, according to the Ten Commandments. And then Jesus kind of expands upon it. So it does seem like you get into some grayish areas of like, well, can a person do this and still have moral biblical standing? Can a person do this and still have moral biblically standing? According to 1689, is saying, yes, there are express, expressed rules, and then there are some that are just understood necessarily by those principles. That's what I'm getting from it. Yeah, I think a good example,
1: you and I actually talked about it this morning, is um, Jesus never said, don't have an abortion. you know, But contained within his teaching, contained within the Ten Commandments, the rest of Scripture is don't murder. And abortion is taking the life of another. And so it's like we'd love to have a verse that – Jesus said, "Thou shalt not have an abortion." We'd love to have a verse that says that, um, but Scripture as a whole is very clear on uh, taking the life of the innocent, um, and so so it's it's not expressly written down, but it is necessarily. And even
0: um, lady pastors doesn't mm. explicitly say that women cannot be pastors. But then you go to Timothy when it's talking about the qualifications for an elder or pastor and just a husband of one wife. It's kind of understood. But it does leave the door open for some discussion and what seems like a gray area. And it goes back to how people use scripture. And I think that's what that's why a lot of people I feel like don't engage enough in daily devotions and pursue truth in scripture. Because I struggle with that too. Like it's if there was a magic eight ball in scripture, would be like, oh, what should I eat? What should I eat for lunch today? You open it up and it's like, ah, oh, chicken. It's not going to – that's not the point. Like, this is – as I, I was talking about the revelation of God's glory to himself. It's going to point you back to God's glory.
1: Can we, can we, can we get rid of something for people real quick, please? I'd love to get rid of something. Um, can everybody please stop opening the Bible and laying your finger on a verse and thinking that's the verse for you today from God? Like, stop it. Stop
0: it. No, instead, do this. Wake up. Spend about five minutes reflecting how you feel that day, what's going on in your life. What you're going to be doing that day, and then consider where in Scripture can I find some contextual counsel on this? Let's go to Joseph. He got beat up a lot. What did he do? You know, and you find encouragement through that way. Context is huge. Uh,
1: And that's why I think, you know, the next section speaks into that. Um, It says, unto which nothing at any time is to be added. So we hold, as does the 1689 canon of Scripture, is closed. No apocrypha. Okay. No apocrypha, no Gnostic gospels, um, nothing like that. Nothing to be added, whether by new revelation of the Spirit or traditions of men. Okay,
0: now Uh-oh. that we were talking about a little bit this morning. Oh, so if Scripture is everything we need, everything that is necessary for understanding God's glory, understanding salvation, and understanding faith, and it's closed. That's all you need. There are some historical and contemporary views, some more liberal, some more conservative, that unfortunately, it it does seem as though they fall victim to one or the other. So uh, which one was mentioned first? Was it um,
1: Uh, revelation of the
0: spirit? Nothing's to be added, whether by new revelation of the spirit or traditions of men. A new revelation of the spirit. Guess what that means? It means if you get on Facebook during election season and someone says that they're a prophet and they're making predictions about stuff, wait, that's not what that means. Well, I I do
1: want to be careful here because here's what I think people do. Well, they're not adding to Scripture. They're just using the gift of prophecy. And it's like, hold on. Here's what typically happens. Let's, Let's call it out. Okay, let's be really bold and honest here from behind our mics when nobody else is in the room with us. Um, <laughs> uh, there are, quote-unquote, prophets today that, and I think you and I have talked about this before, where it's like they they will they will prophesy a certain outcome of an election saying this is a word from God. And then when they're wrong, they'll go, well, the election was stolen. It's like, hold on. You said God told you. So they stole the election from God? Or people give prophecies that are so vague. It's like, here, here's, here's one. Uh, the name Bill will be in the news. It's like a fortune cookie. It's like fortune cookie prophecy. The name Bill. What if it's a bill passing Congress? Oh, <gasps> There it is. What if it's Buffalo Bill Cody? What if it's Wild West? Bill Clinton's back. Like I don't. It's like it's so vague because what they can then do is, well, that's not what I was talking about. Okay, there, the Holy Spirit will not bring anything into our hearts, our minds, our lives,
0: into our. T- the Holy Spirit will not bring anything that contradicts Scripture. Period. Man. And we we had a good conversation a couple weeks ago. Just like me in my own life, like what, like trying to understand what does it mean by being regenerated? Wait, you and I
1: had a good conversation, or you had a good conversation with yourself
0: in your own life? Uh, probably both. Okay. <laughs> uh, but more so with you. Oh, gotcha. As you recall, because um, we were talking about, like, not so much what does it mean to walk in the Spirit, but, like, how does the Spirit work? Like, and I still, like, I'm, I've been chewing on this for the past few weeks, but it's like the Holy Spirit dwells in me. Mm. That's what the Scripture says. It's there. Mm-hmm. Have confidence in it. Have faith in that. Marked. Amen. How... How can I experience the Spirit to where I can feel its presence so that way I can better tap into it? Or does it kind of come and go, like, what? How does this all work? And basically, you counseled me in your infinite wisdom. on. It goes back to Scripture. The more that someone spends time in Scripture and pursuing truth in it, it's like the more the Spirit will be present. So whenever you're going throughout your day-to-day life through God's Word, the spirit is bringing forth a mental change like in so so much of like walking in the spirit like how do, how do I know like how can I recognize and feel the spirit? What does that go to? Well it goes back to scripture if you're yeah. not spending any time in scripture if you're not pursuing God's truth daily several times a day and reflecting on it your spirit tanks a little empty you gotta you gotta get in there and pursue it it's, and
1: I think the easy thing to point out is King David again, he said i i i've hidden your word in my heart that i might not sin against you it's like i know the truth of your your for david for king david that was the law the the old testament law and the prophets like this is what he is uh you know taking in and digesting and rolling and memorizing so that he doesn't sin against god and so yeah i like it it's biblical literacy like we need to know what the bible says as christians and then it talks about traditions of men. Oh.
0: I'll I'll just go ahead and give it. Which an is why the
1: 1689 exists.
0: <laughs> to talk about manly traditions.
1: The Catholic Church was beginning to take the traditions of men and the priesthood and the popes over and add to scripture and they're
0: like, "Nope, scripture alone." Oh, and tradition. Sola scriptura. So basically what that means, and I'll just use a real life example. A couple of years ago, someone made a recommendation. I would to say a suggestion, made a recommendation that we need at least a cross and an altar, so we need to do altar calls. It's so like you can look in Scripture and it's like, okay, where in Scripture does it say that liturgy has to one, follow that sequence, and where does it talk about building decor? But traditionally speaking, that's what churches have done here since the 1800s, pretty much. That's a tradition of man. So someone will come in on Sunday morning and be like, wait, you need this. This is necessary. And the 1689s talk about what we – all that is necessary is revealed to us in Scripture. Um, to where it's like people are, even now, in conservative Protestant circles, doing very in a very similar fashion what the Catholics have done and are doing, is that yes? Of course, you preach the scripture. Oh, and you have to conclude a sermon this way. You have to have, you know, a cross. You need a cross. You have to have the table that says "Do this in remembrance of me." You have to have the golden plates. You need the daily bread up front. So again, I'm just I'm just poking at all these different traditions. Uh, seating, you know, grassroots. We used to sit in cir- round tables for our gathering. Which, honestly, I'm sure that is a big turnoff for someone because someone's like, no, nah, churches need pews. You don't look at a screen. I actually know a pastor who said he will never attend a church that uses a screen. You read from the hymn, and it will be King James. It's like, it says who? Like, that, where, where is that in Scripture? Which, to,
1: to just flip the coin, is it wrong to have an altar call? Absolutely not. Love them. No. <laughs> is it wrong to use a hymnal over a projector? You know I like me some hymns. Yeah, and we've we've started incorporating more of the hymns into our worship, and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I'm bringing some. Um, we actually, Sunday night, and Monroe did the doxology. Really good. Phil Wickham version. Really good. Um, and so it it's not that these things are wrong, but it's when people would want to say, if you're not doing these things, you're not an actual church. Um, and so it, it's that's when we're starting to... I was talking with my father-in-law the other day and there was a guy in their church that kelly grew up in um the way they did the church was a little bit different uh if you're used to normal kind of independent baptist type church uh you always have sunday school and then uh the main church service and theirs was actually main church service and then sunday school well they wanted to install a uh sound system Uh, desk, this roll top desk that would contain their sound system. And in the back right corner of their sanctuary, they cut the ends off of two pews and it fit this desk in perfectly. So that was their, you know, it actually, if you walked in, it was very seamless. They did a really good job on it. Um, There was a man in the church that they would show up. And when you walked into the front doors of their church, you could either turn left and right and go downstairs to where the Sunday school classrooms were or go straight up some stairs into where the sanctuary was. He would come in. His wife would go up to the main service. He would go down and wait for in Sunday school. He said he refused to walk into the sanctuary because they cut off the pews in the back of the room. So I don't blame That is so disrespectful and tacky. <laughs> but it's like those are the things that we're going to, we're actually going to become divisive. Divisive? I feel like they do this on Doc and Devo, too. They, they argue that point. Divisive or divisive? What would you say? How do you feel better about that? Divisive, divisive. Divisive. Divisiveness. <laughs>
0: Div- <laughs> Divicinity. Div- Div- Divicinity. Div- Divicinity.
1: Um So, yeah, we're going to divide over things like that. And yeah, fighting. like like all of a sudden, traditions are
0: more important
1: than... God's word and mission, and that's one
0: reason why I stuck around with the grassroots, and we'll continue for a long time. Because well, I hope love, so. Yeah, it looks on the surface somewhat progressive and you know young and new agey, but then you start like if someone starts attending and listening to the teaching and considers our mission, vision, our constitution and bylaws, it is <laughs> so orthodox and simple. So very conservative, orthodox by nature but the practice of it is very creative very much enjoy that yeah we want to be outreach focused but we we recognize
1: i'm actually taking his church history course right now and i'm really enjoying it oh um, yeah it's through ligonier it's like 72 sessions it's gonna be a while does it
0: start as, uh, like x2 uh, uh
1: yeah it's um it starts in the first hundred to five hundred years like it's like that's the first section. Yeah. So I've watched I've watched two. So I've only got seventy left. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Here we go. Um like I actually want to turn this into the next wave
0: of uh grassroots institute. See, that'd be awesome because I've always I mentioned it to Gary Minks one time. It's like it's unfortunate that's um, Gary. Protestants tend to not really focus on a lot of church history and I totally understand why yeah I'm not you know I
1: well he covers that in the first video where he's like everybody thinks you have the first century church and then it basically just goes downhill until the Reformation and then yep. the church comes back and he's like that's not the truth
0: now the Catholic the institution I've expressed my it's even on it from a theological standpoint but from a person standpoint oppression, uh well no. no 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 not a yeah. big fan of the dark and that's what
1: it, so the the church history course has been so good because it's it's taking the word of god as supreme source of truth but not forgetting the history of the church and i think that's why and for us we're in a lot of church planting circles we see a lot I think of churches like us we're in unconventional spaces and we are reaching into unconventional areas in unconventional ways but the church itself itself is very Orthodox um, you know with our uh, covenant community and our our beliefs are uh, to use a word more are conservative um, we, we don't overlook church history we want to embrace it and so which is also why if you think about it to make it the next wave of uh institute you'd have one year old testament second year new testament third year doctrine fourth year church history that's pretty sweet
0: that is nice
1: that's pretty sweet you'd have to start over
0: (laughs) (laughs) hey i got like four lessons in Here's the thing, I've watched a lot of Tim Mackey stuff, so oh, I don't so know, by de, facto, by de facto, I've I've consumed a lot of Institute Doctrine. I mean, I've, I've uh, you know, read quite a bit, think about it often. All I'm trying to say is I'm just too good for it. Darren, you ready to move on to the next one so that way you can get in some hot water, and I'm just going to sit back and yeah, man, watch I'm ready. you be a lead elder. No, it's not hot water. It's actually very wonderful. Hey, this is beautiful stuff. Love the 1689. Um, so, yeah, covering so
1: far uh, just the idea of uh, Scripture contains everything we need um, and that we don't add to it by showing up and saying, you know, the Spirit has given me a word and it contradicts Scripture and nothing like that. Uh, and then also traditions of man. But the next part, nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of Of such things as
0: are revealed in His Word. We do, and the 1689 does have the references to that mentioned right there. If you want to look through that, Darren, but this is what I take. This is what I'm getting from it. The Holy Spirit is necessary for the illumination of the understanding of God's saving work. Without the Holy Spirit, without the Enlightenment, the understanding of the Holy Spirit. If someone goes to Scripture outside of it, they're not going to see and understand what is necessary for salvation. It's can they read there. it plainly? Of course. Can they? Can they see historic? Absolutely. I mean, Ten Commandments. Like, who's going to argue against that? Well, I guess now a lot of people. But a lot of people. Yeah. Why not murder? <laughs> why not tell a lie? Hey, here's them.
1: a challenge. To anybody? By the way, this is total side note. Quickest rabbit trail we've ever been on. Um, you look at modern ethics and show me how they're disconnected from the Ten Commandments. Look at modern ethics. They are totally connected to the Ten Commandments. Anything that is considered ethically right or wrong, like throughout his Ten Commandments. So, uh, yeah, words of Jesus, John six forty-five. this is one of the ones that, it is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God, everyone who has heard and learned from the father comes to me and then he quotes they quote paul in first corinthians uh, two nine through twelve but as it is written what no eye has seen nor ear heard nor the heart of man imagined what god has prepared for those who love him these things god has revealed to us through the spirit for the spirit searches everything even the depths of god oh that's good spirit initiates Yeah, you're not going to be able to understand scripture with that. Well, okay, you might understand it. You might go, okay, a Christian believes that they have to accept Jesus as Savior to be, but they're not going to believe Believe it.
0: it. Yeah, they can't. It would be impossible to put yourself in that position of, because we talked about, you said yesterday, it's like, people think Christians are weird. Well, Jesus is weird. Like, this is a. Love it. The the, the Bible's historical account is so nutty, but it's awesome. And it's. The absolute best for a lot of different reasons, but especially as it comes to the illumination of the knowledge of salvation has to be spirit induced. We yeah. can't do it on our own accord because you're just not going to get the full effect of it you you
1: You might understand, oh, okay, they believe God created everything, um oh Abraham, you know, out of Abraham came the Jewish nation. Oh, captivity. Um, Oh, there was a flood. Uh,
0: Okay. Then you see. And people start picking and choosing scripture, too. Instead of looking at scripture as one full body of work, it'd be like Jefferson, you know, taking out the Jeffersonian Bible. Miraculous. Or, you know, Franklin was the same way. Or some people that are like, look, all you need is the New Testament. And it's like, well.
1: Without the spirit, probably the best you're going to be is a deist, which we talked about these things last week. Yeah. so I think looking at that, you might have somebody that might end up going, there could be a God out there. You know, At best, you're going to be a deist, but, um, but you're never going to accept God's word as truth, holy as truth, and live by it. So the Holy Spirit has to be present and active.
0: Do you want the last part? I this is the love part I, that last I part. Like I was going to say amen. Now every time there's a pause... I'm just going to throw, them. amen. Good. Even on tours, I said that the other day. I had a, I had a guest quote scripture. Hey. I turned around and said, hey, amen, and they looked at me like I was uh, a. pretty far out there. Can I put my sermon notes in parentheses, pause for effect, you and better. then read? Only if you let me review your notes. But,
1: but then I read, pause for effect, like I'm going to make a point and then go pause for effect. But no, I'm going
0: to put stuff in parentheses like, now slowly scan crowd in silence. <laughs> <laughs> raise right hand, exit stage left.
1: Am I right?
0: No. I said, stage left.
1: am I right?
0: We're All just right. going to start banging the drums like, this is what Jericho sounded like, <laughs> plays drums.
1: So here we go. This is the final part. So talking about we have to have the spirit's presence to accept it, to understand it. And that there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and government of the church common to human actions and societies which are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian prudence according to the general rules of the word, which are always to be observed.
0: What does that mean? It means you got to start with Scripture to explain nature. And you can't look at anything extracurricular to observe Scripture by because, you know, there are a lot of, like, religious studies classes. Like, someone someone who says, I want to try to understand Christianity better, but they themselves are not a Christian, takes a class on it. Like, we're talking about a moment ago. It's like, you don't get the full effect unless you actually believe it and experience it and, and just see the fruit that's produced from that. So we have to look at everything from a scripture lens, a lens of God's Word. You know, you use that lens to see everything in creation, including nature. Instead of looking at other things, instead of looking at scripture through the lens of those other things, I think in politics is another good example of that it's like, you know, if you put your Republican glasses on and go to scripture, eh. But if you look at scripture at the political landscape, it's like ah. I see. Yeah, we and that's for any. I mean, you
1: know, yeah, I, I would. I could have said Democrat, Democrat but I already, yeah. I already
0: picked on Malibies. My, my you did, but but it's like.
1: Uh, Anytime we put on any kind of glasses and go to Scripture, we've 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 halted our progress. We have to first take Scripture and then go to everything else, and that's where I think even within the church, you know, in Scripture, can we point to where we need a? You know, I told you this this morning, where we need a children's ministry. No, the parents are needed to disciple their kids. Is it wrong that we have children's ministries? No, we're we are. Walking alongside parents to disciple their kids, you know, do we need a coffee bar? Absolutely not. Like we kind of do, um, but biblically, do we need it? No. Uh, however, is it wrong that we have it? In some people's minds, yes, and that's okay if they have that conviction. But it's not wrong. I got to tell you this though, because you were you were you and Jesse were working so hard to get the chicken to the the meal Sunday. Um, we introduced all of our leadership. Okay, obviously everybody knows. You and Mark and I, you know, as elders, uh, they pretty much know the deacons as deacons. But we introduced, you know, Brett as the head of AV. We introduced Angie as the head of kids and, you know, our, our team leaders all around. And and everybody, listen, as we were introducing them, you know, they were like, hey, Brett, you do a great job. Thank you. You know, people are clapping. Angie, yeah, you know, thanks for, you know, taking over kids. And Kelly, unwelcome, worship, thank you. And then we introduced Ellen. And we said, Ellen heads up the coffee team. Dude, that that place went nuts. Like, they went nuts. <laughs> they were like, we need
0: that coffee. She is our dealer. <laughs> and our supplier was mentioned previously. This episode of the Roundtable Podcast is brought to you by Mountain Folk Coffee. Actually, a lot of people couldn't hear it because everybody was going nuts. But she was
1: like, you know, she got up and, like, kind of bowed, you know, joking with everybody. And, and they're all going nuts. And I said, yeah, our... our coffee budget doubled this year because our coffee intake doubled and you heard brett go drink up grassroots drink up
0: (laughs) good for business (laughs) it was awesome sorry i got a i got a text from our legendary friend yeah we did and and look even when i'm on a podcast there's some people when they text me it's like i'm pausing come on you know larry texts me i'm or text anybody that's so many people i'm reading it
1: so many people larry bird is known as larry legend that's what he's known as But they just don't realize who the real Larry Legend is.
0: Yeah, um, Larry Bowman is.
1: That is the real Larry Larry Bird's role model. Which, by the way, I know Larry, you're gonna listen to this, and I know you're you're hating us so much for saying this right now, because he's such a big Larry Bird fan. (laughs) But Larry, you're the real Larry Legend to us. Do we blaspheme? (laughs) Nope, because it's real. No, but it's going back to it. uh, You know, understanding that. You know, there are things, kind of what we said before, not expressly written in Scripture, that we take the general practice of Scripture. Like, do we need a financial secretary for the church? No, but Scripture does tell us to be good stewards of what God gives us as a church, as individuals. And so we put people into places in order to be good stewards. And so remembering that Scripture might not have, like, that chapter and verse that we want to just point to and say, this is why we do this. But in general, the rules of Scripture, we apply those throughout uh, the life of the church and the believer. Pause for a fact.
0: Uh, d- <laughs> uh, I was just going to you run amen. <laughs> I was going to... <laughs> no, it's funny that we were thinking the same we thing. <laughs> Gosh. We spend too much time together. It's true. Hey, uh, friends... <laughs> Hey, we love y'all, and I mean that. Thank you, thank you for uh, giving us your time, for being a part of the conversation. Thank you for the feedback. Thanks for sticking with us throughout the past few years. We really do appreciate it; It means a lot. If you made it this far, I hope you are blessed from this podcast. Let us know if you have any feedback, even if you want to text us and ask us a personal question. Look, like we're we're here; we're not going anywhere. Uh, but hey, you're awesome. You know it. Go have a good one. <laughs>